The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. To find out more about this talk show or other talk shows broadcasting on KUCI, log on to our website at KUCI.org or check out the latest program guide. Good morning. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine, California, streaming online at KUCI.org and podcasting on iTunes. Welcome to Fighting for Love. This show will help you turn conflict into collaboration in all your relationships. I'm Lloyd, the show's engineer, and your host is Mari Frank, an attorney mediator since 1985. She's a mediator for the Orange County Superior Court Civil Mediation Panel. Mari's a professor of negotiations and conflict management and has been a certified state bar trainer for over 25 years. To learn more about the show and our great guests, please visit conflicthealing.com. Mari, what's your show about this morning? Well, Lloyd, today our show is about love skills, and everybody needs that, and especially during COVID when people have been kind of on top of each other, but not always in the best way. And, you know, they've been worried about money, they've been worried about getting ill, they've been worried about their kids or kind of overwhelmed with having their kids having homeschooling. You know, it's just such an uncertain time. So it's really important to have a loving relationship and have the skills to keep that relationship going. So I've been reading this wonderful book called Love Skills, The Keys to Unlocking Lasting Wholehearted Love by Linda A. Carroll. And she also wrote a different, um, another book prior to this called Love Cycles. This is a wonderful book. I especially like the exercises, which I'm going to practice with my husband because I think they're great. They're wonderful. These great morning exercises and sex exercises and uh, understanding who you are, all sorts of great stuff, which I love. So let me tell you a little bit about our wonderful guest who is coming to us from beautiful Oregon. Linda Carroll is the author, as I said, of Love Skills and Love Cycles, and she's worked as a therapist and couples coach for over three decades and acquired numerous certificates and degrees along the way. But she says her own 35-year marriage is the primary source of her knowledge when it comes to the cycles of love. As I said, she lives in Oregon, and you can find out more about her at our website at conflicthealing.com, where we have her picture, a JPEG of her book, and we link to her website, Linda A. Carroll, and Carroll is spelled C-A-R-R-O-L-L.com, so you can either go from our website or from hers. Linda, thank you for, for joining us this morning. Hi, I'm so happy to be here. Well, you know, when you said in your, in, you know, when you talk about in your introduction that, uh, you know, really you learn most from your marriage uh, of 35 years, I think about when I wrote my book, you know, Fighting for Love, Turn Conflict into Intimacy, a Couple's Guide, what I was doing was practicing everything that I was preaching and putting in exercises, and I could see what exercises worked and what exercises didn't work. Did you try those right. exercises with your husband, too? Yes, yes, I have. I um, and I and and some of them. I, well, some of them, you know. But one of the things I say in the book is that 
it's really important that, if, that not everybody um, is the same about doing those kinds of exercises, just like not everybody reads these kinds of books. And I think it's really important to, to not make a, a, a book or a, or a bunch of exercises that you've read about and get excited about to not make that a power struggle. If right. you're the person who reads this kind of stuff and loves it, somebody who says it's too hokey for me. So <laughs> it's, so one of the things I say about love skills is if you have a partner who doesn't want to read it, don't make that a, don't make that an issue. Read it and you try these things with yourself because so much of skills, in fact, all of our skills really begin from the inside out. So I can practice my listening without trying to get my partner to learn to listen in the same way that I'm learning to listen. And and sometimes that is just as effective, in fact, more effective than making this into a power struggle. Exactly. And when you change, it changes the dynamics anyway, you know? So when yes, you become a great, yes. when you become a great listener and, you know, you really show that interest and you're, you know, reassuring and all those things, it's, it's almost contagious as well. And you're acting as a role model. So yeah, it makes a lot of sense. If only one person does it, it does change the dynamics. And, you know, sometimes it's fun, like these kinds of books, I'll say, let's read this together. So I'll read it out loud a chapter and he'll read it out loud a chapter. So, you know, if you have a husband that will do that, or a spouse that will do that, you know, it's wonderful. So, you know, but you're right. You don't want to make it into a fight because that defeats the entire purpose of what you're trying to do, right? And and, and one of the things that I think is true, and I think we're fe- one of the biggest troubles that couples are having right now during, during our quarantine and sort of forced sheltering together is that we usually fall in love with someone because they're different than us. Right. And and I know that in just regular life, that at some point we start to try to change them into being more like us, even right. though the, the appeal was that they were different. Right. But when you're together 24-7, those differences get really big. And so one of the the, the difficulties is that I think that, that, that couples have is that for some some people, this dynamic is very, very relevant, where one person wants connection all the time. That's what they're about. They're a connector. Right. And the other person is much more of an introvert. So if, you have, if you're with somebody who's more of an introvert, and then you're approaching them with, here's a book with lots of things we can do to get closer. <laughs> oh, God. It, it, <laughs> this is like a setup, right? <laughs> and if you have a partner that's interested, that's great. But there are other ways that we can show up for each other other than reading a book together. And so uh, uh, what I'm really saying is if you can, if you have someone who wants to do it, great. But if not, it doesn't mean that the work and the exercises aren't going to be helpful because they'll be helpful with you. And exactly. that changes everything. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, when you were talking about, you know, we attract someone else and then we try and change them. You know, I, I, I was married the first time for 18 years and now I'm with Lloyd for 30 years. But you know, I, I know that we both tried to change each other. And now, you know, as I'm more mature and I understand this, it's like I can say viva la difference, you know, that I'm, he's the introvert and I'm the extrovert. And, you know, there's things I can learn from him and he can learn from me. And yeah, it's a, it's a time of being, like you say, you know, it's an, you talk about love as an inside job. So let's talk a little bit about more. What, what is that? What do you, 
What does that mean? I get it, but I know that my audience may not understand that. Well, that that uh, what what I see when I look out is I see my partner, the look on their face, their expression, their t- vocal, their tone of voice, and how and I feel the impact that has on me. But uh, what I call the martial arts, the the black belt of of communication, the really important skill is knowing what I'm giving out, understanding that I may be all. If I had a, if there was a video camera on me, I might be shocked at the way I'm looking at my body language and that how I'm acting has an impact on them. And so real mindfulness, another way of talking about this, right. real mindful practice is understanding my impact, that how my tone of voice is, how, I, how we bring up a topic has everything to do with how that topic goes. You know, whether it's I want to share something really wonderful about my day and my partner has just had their car breakdown, you know, they just <laughs> right. lost their job and they found out they needed a root canal and they walk in and I want to share the greatest day of my life. Right. I'm probably not going to get a response that's going to make me feel good. And the same way that if I want to bring up something hard, how I bring that up, the first way that comes out of my mouth, even before that, my body language has everything to do with whether they're going to shut down or open up. So when they walk in the door and I say, I can't believe you forgot the spinach. It's <laughs> over before it started. Right. You know, they go into protection and defenses and their brain goes into alert. And right. no matter what I say afterwards won't, won't matter. So managing myself is really the core of all of our relationships and communication. Right. That self-awareness, that emotional intelligence is so critical. Sometimes when, if we could stop ourselves, you know, I I sometimes, I really focus on that pause. When I feel like saying something, I'll pause and say, do I really need to say this? You know, because I have to be self, why am I saying this or why am I thinking this? And it's, um, it's a, it's actually a practice, right? It's a skill and a practice to become self-aware and to become mindful. So it is a practice. It's a practice that we fail at over and over and over again. Yes. And but you know, the part of the practice is is the mindfulness, and part of the practice is kindness to ourselves. That it's a whole different way of being, and we're not going to get it perfectly. But it's but we start. We start with. With with some gentleness with ourselves, saying this is this is my work because it's you know I one of the things I say in the book and I and people ask me about this again and again is the intensity with which we feel we need to say something is not connected to the wisdom of saying it. Right. So if I you know I've got you know most of us that like in terms of email like I've got to shoot this email off and then we press send <sighs> and the minute we press send there is that feeling like what have I done right. and it's the same thing in our communication when we feel that urge it doesn't necessarily mean send it may mean take a walk first and think about it right there's that old adage speak when you're angry and you will say the best speech you ever regret you know oh I love that. Isn't that good? It's true, right? It's so true. Yes, it is. Let's talk about the difference between love and loving. Okay, that's great. I think love is a feeling, isn't it? It's what it's what I feel. It's what I feel at certain moments. Um, loving is a practice. It's a skill. Loving is um, actually. I'm thinking about my husband, who has made me a latte 
every morning mm. for 35 years. And he and every morning he does not wait. We don't wake up with with goodness and joy in our hearts to each other. You know, sometimes we're just sometimes we're not very happy with each other. Sometimes we're worried about other things. But he brings that latte every morning. And sometimes he sets it down with a smile. Sometimes he sets it down without words. Sometimes he'll put it on the other side of the bed, probably to punish me if he's mad. But he brings that every morning. And that it starts the day with goodness. And that's loving. That's yes. loving. And and love is the feeling that sometimes he brings me the coffee and says, hi, sweetie, I'm so glad to see your face. Yep. And other times he doesn't want to see my face. He just puts <laughs> it down and says, here's your coffee. That one is the love and one is loving. Mm-hmm. And loving behavior is where can we be kind? When, you know, we can always practice kindness. It, I don't, I'm not talking about being a weenie and your partners really hurt you and you're going around trying to please them. That's not what I'm talking about. Yeah. But act, but kindness and courtesy is something that we can practice. And I think that does so much to help us through the hard times. Right. I love it. And then you, you have um, one of the lessons that you have is about the wave is not the ocean. What do you mean by that? I mean that the the moment that you're feeling either total love and isn't it all wonderful, or you're feeling I can't stand this person, why am I in this relationship? That those those are waves that come. Feelings are waves, and they come over us and they move past us. And we're not really meant to make them bigger or to push them away. We just allow them. You know, you can't be with them. People are annoying. All of us are. And we can't live with someone day in and day out and not be annoyed or sometimes feel angry or hurt or like we don't get them or they don't get us. Those And those feelings, if we, if we make those bigger and we make a story out of them, then they become sort of the reality that we live with. But if we let them be like a wave and it passes, you know, today I'm kind of irritated with, with my partner. And so I'm just going to stay away and try to be kind. And tomorrow it'll be different. That's what I mean by that. But or else we can have an irritation and we can build on it. We can think of every time, seventy-two times in the past four years, this happened, right. and we can make a story that this is who the other person really is. Right. You so, always have that so, moment in time where you can choose how you want to go. Right. And and yes, that's <clears> right. Yes. There, you that's know, right. the Chinese word for conflict is made up of two symbols: danger or opportunity. And yeah, so isn't that it, great? It, I love that. Yeah, and so you can either stop and turn it into danger and let it escalate or you can say this is an opportunity for me to grow, for me to stop, for me to think and you know and what you were just talking about is just like let it go for a while. Just let it go. Yes. <clears throat> yes, that's right. That's yeah, right. yeah. It's uh, yeah. Well, when you think of the the wave, you think, okay. I say to myself, when things are tough, I say, this too shall pass. And when things are just okay. you know elated, I go, okay, don't go overboard because this too shall pass, <laughs> right? That's exactly right. That's <laughs> wonderful. I love that. Yeah. So, yeah. We get we get we can get attached to either. We can get attached to how hard things are, or we can get attached to how wonderful things are but it's all going to change it's all going to pass if we can stay in that you know like that mindful medium (laughs) you know 
where we just kind of go with the flow when things are bad. We know it's going to get better when things are really great. We know that we've got to just go with that flow too and enjoy it, but also be prepared for whatever else might happen. (laughs) That's right. Yeah. Now you talked in your, in your, in love skills, you talked about love cycles, uh, the love cycle model. Can we go through the stages of love? I think that's really wonderful. And you know what some of those challenges are. Sure. And the stages begin with the merge. We fall in love and that's where loving becomes easy because we're always feeling love. So it's easy to forgive and to overlook things. And the merge is when we feel like we found our other half. And it's very much like what happens when we merge with our babies or we merge with our caretaker. It's like, I just, oh, I feel like at last I found you. And there's this chemical that goes on. There's lots of chemical changes in the brain. What we see is just, it's all delicious and wonderful. That's meant to last three years and it has diminishing returns. And what that means is that each time that we fall in love, it lasts less and less time. (laughs) And what happens is that we fall in love with what's different. And I, and then what, and then those differences move into the second stage, which is the power struggle. And the power struggle is, wait a minute, all those things I thought were so wonderful that are different, I now want to change. I want to make you like me. <laughs> right, right. And, and, and the power struggle is, I talk a lot about in the, in, this, in the book about loops. We get into these ongoing loops with each other, and they're very common, but they can do a lot of damage if we don't understand them. Right. Um, and we stick in that for, and that's where some hard moves get made. But if we don't know how, if we don't have the skill to get out of the loops, and we don't know that they're loops, we start to think that's the whole relationship. So the third part begins, which is what I call, which is the disillusionment stage, where we were enchanted in the beginning, we're now disenchanted. So where everything was once perfect, everything becomes sort of awful. It all becomes sort of a a sign, you know, I'm with Mm -hmm. the wrong person, why am I doing this? And people, they lose each other in this stage, and it's so painful. But there is really underneath the, often the close down and the estrangement, is this hurt feeling of where did you go? Mm -hmm. I miss you. Where did you go? The fourth stage is when you decide, I can't live like this. I'm going to do something about it. People either split, they break up, or they they go into parallel lives and just become separate. Mm-hmm. Or they say, well, let's, find, let's find out what's going on. Let's try to figure out what we're doing and, and how to change it. And, and so at this point, people start to learn the skills and read the books like your book and my book and, and start to realize that really loving is a feeling, love is a feeling and loving is a skill set. Let's learn the skills and see if with those skills we can find each other again. And if not, we can figure out how we got here so we don't have to repeat it with somebody else. And the last stage is what I call wholehearted. And wholehearted doesn't mean you've arrived on top of the mountain and you're there forever, but it means that you understand how to be more mindful, how to come more from the wholeness of, 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 your, of your best self. It doesn't mean not having good boundaries, but it's more about bringing that practice of mindfulness and kindness into your relationship, even when you have to put down a hard boundary, you can do that in a way that is kind and not from reactivity, but from responsiveness. And that's why I love that you call it a skill, because some people think it should just be natural. And when I think about my husband's parents or my parents or my former husband's parents, you know, 
where do you learn these skills? You, you know, you see modeling and they didn't have perfect marriages and they don't teach it in school. So the only yeah. way you really can learn it is really from books like yours, because we, you know, we have to test things out and learn. I mean, I, I think of my marriage now and my marriage, what it was, and it's so entirely different because I've learned so much. And I think of my because parents' marriage and, and mine is so different. You know, it's in some ways, you know, they were very loving and they learned a lot by the time they were, you know, in their late 70s, they really got kind of got it, you know, and they walked around hand yeah. in hand. But Bob, but I remember a lot of fighting because they worked together and they didn't have the tools. And then they they seem to get that, you know, but then I get and a lot working of working together. Yeah, and working together is hard. Yeah, I was going to say, but I see people, you know, for 35 years, I've been mediating divorce, and I see it all. You know, I see guilt and blame and inability to listen or be respectful. You know, I, I see that. And so I love that your book, because it shows you how you don't have to do that. Yeah. Yes. Right. That's right. So so that there is a way out. There's not a way out of the stages. There's not a way out of, of feeling irritated. You right, know, that's right. just part of human beings. But there, there is a way out of getting locked in to having to stay mad or shut down or hurt for week after week, which becomes month after month. Right, right. And it just wears on you. So you encourage people in your book to make a genogram. Why don't you tell my audience what that is and how they can use it? Well, you can, a geneogram, and it's all over the internet how to do it. And what a geneogram really is, is looking at the history of your parents, your grandparents, because we inherit so many ways of doing things and so many ideas of, well, that's just how I am. That's just how it's always been. It really came from another time. And so understanding that maybe my, you know, that my great grandparents were in the depression and that's why they didn't believe that you should ever have a pet because they couldn't actually afford to feed their family. But that's not necessarily true now. And, 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 and being able to understand what the stories were that we came from and what the history is of our parents gives us such a different sense of, the way, of who we are and how we, and, and the things that, we, that seem to be truth are really often opinions that came out of something that was appropriate then but isn't appropriate now. Exactly. And we can learn that that worked or didn't work for them, but we are not them. <laughs> that's, that's right. That's right. right. And we're not living in that era. No. You know, we're living in a different era. Right. And so I'm, I have a, cu- a couple I've been working with, and they were, the man is a total introvert, and the woman is an extrovert. And they finally made a deal. They live in two, a two-bedroom condo in, back east. He has a, they have an, a closet. It's a nice closet. And he puts a sign up on the outside of the closet. You know, he goes in, there's a light in the closet, and there's a window. But he has, he has a whole thing set up in there. When he goes in that closet, she doesn't bother him. And that's their deal. Now, you can see a generation from now, or two <laughs> generations, somebody says, well, you be- make sure you have a closet you can go to when you're married. <laughs> but, it's not, but it's not appropriate. It's appropriate when we're living in a time when we're locked into a condo. Right, yet. right. But I mean, those kinds of things get passed on is just the way it is. And it's really about boundaries, isn't it? I mean, and boundaries are, I notice in my own life, I work on boundaries all the time. 
And I think it's about establishing whatever boundaries you can so that the wind blows between you. And so you can be your own person and not feel enmeshed yes. with the other person. Because uh, you need that, to, right. you know, respect each other. Now, um, you talk about the pause, which I think we talked a little bit about before, and how it helps to create better relationships. How would you define that? Oh, well, I think you did it really well. It's like when you feel like you have to speak, take a moment, take a breath, and pause is really. I have I, I teach a whole class on you know using those those five five skills. I talk about them in pause, but taking the the, the moment to learn how you're going to to learn about what you're experiencing in yourself. If I'm feeling annoyed and I'm going to ask my partner for a favor, but it's but I'm a, but I'm I don't even know that I'm annoyed. I'm, I, I am not going to be in the best place of being able to ask for something. Or if I'm angry and I'm not aware of it, or if I'm feeling vulnerable and I'm not aware of it, um, and th- then what happens is I speak out of that place and I don't know my impact. So pausing is taking a moment, figuring out what's going on inside of me. It's one of the bottom line issues of emotional intelligence. Is right. It starts by scanning yourself. And knowing that what if I'm even though I might not be aware of what I'm feeling, my partner's going to feel it even if I don't know I'm feeling. Yeah, it. that energy so is louder. As clear as I can, right. and take that pause to actually. It's not just a cliche to breathe. It's like take a breath, move backwards instead of forwards before I bring before I bring it up, and think about how am I going to bring something up if I'm going to tell you that I'm not going to go away for the weekend because there's something else I really want to do, take some time and think that's going to be really, that might be hurtful. How can I bring this up in a way that's going to create the least amount of hurt in the other person? So taking the time to be thoughtful about how what I do and say impacts my partner and how to have, and it's not manipulation, it's kindness. Manipulation is when I'm trying to do something to get you to do something. Right. But this is how do I present this in the most kind way? Then I let it go because right. then it, it's, you're going to do what you do with it. But if I, if I can be clear that I'm doing the best I can do in how I present it, that, that, that is when I talk about pause, is that my part of it is to be as clear and as kind as I can. And then it's it's yours. Right. Yeah. And, and the other thing is, you know, we work on ourselves and if our loved ones are not working on themselves and let's say they say something offensive, if you pause before you react, you can then respond and say, you know, yeah. I don't understand why you just said that, you know, I mean, yeah. and, and then I just leave it. And sometimes he'll say, oh, I'm sorry. You know, I, I really... I was aggravated about something else. I'm sorry I did that. And then it doesn't have to be like, why did you say that? You know? <laughs> That's right. Exactly. Exactly. Okay, so you talk about three magic words, and they're not I love you. So <laughs> what are those three magic words? The three magic words are tell me Tell me more, yes. had a hard day. I really just can't stand that job. And then often what we say is we get into a narrative. We say, well, I told you that was a bad job. Or I thought that I, I actually think the person you're working for is sort of a jerk. Or why don't you try doing this? But that all of those make it about me. The three magic words are your partner comes in and says, I've had a really bad day. I really don't like working with Fred. And instead of giving our opinion about Fred 
or giving him a solution. What we say is, tell me more. What's going on? And we might, two things happen. We might find something out that surprises us. But the other thing that can happen is that our partner can go to a drop to a level rather than go into a conversation mode with us. It can really have them explore like, I'm not sure what's going on. Let me think about that. And we can help them reflect on what has made their day bad rather than tell them why it's bad and tell them how to make it good, which is what me as a therapist, I tend to want to always help. I always want to enlighten my husband about how he can do it differently and better, which it does not go well. No. And it's not good for either of us. So when I say, tell me more about what's going on for you, then it's really an invitation to open up, to be vulnerable and to share, which is what we do so easily in the beginning. And we need to find ways to do that as we go longer and longer in the relationship. Right. And then it gets back to what we talked about in the beginning as being a good listener. And that when yes. when you're listened to, you feel cared about and you feel respected. So that's that, and then you're put your best out. Yeah, exactly. Well, would you believe we are out of time? We could have gone another hour for sure. So, yeah. So I want you to give your website, and I just want to say the name of your book again, which is a wonderful book. You can can tell that Linda knows what she's talking about. Love Skills, The Keys to Understanding. I'm sorry. Love Skills, The Keys to Unlocking Lasting Wholehearted Love by Linda A. Carroll. Okay, so give us your website, Linda, and it's time to go. LindaACarroll.com. Very good. Well, stay in touch and be safe. And thank you for the great book that you wrote. And I know this is going to help many, many people. Okay? Well, thank you. All right. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. You've been listening to KUCI 88.9 FM and Irvine and KUCI.org on the web. I'm Mari Frank. Join us every Monday morning at 830 and visit our website at conflicthealing.com. Thanks. The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents.